Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. I am Steve Azar, reminding us all as we get back to living a little at a time and following all guidelines along the way is very important. There's certainly many wonderful things to do right here in Mississippi. Just a short drive away, go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Today's guest is a special man and dear to our family. When I think of someone who's made me feel like I could conquer it all, and when I was as far beaten down as I could feel, that's what he'd do. Someone always so reassuring and positive in the darkest times who saw the silver lining even in the very bad This is him. Although he was trained and educated to be qualified to do so, so I expect it, it's more than that. It was something in his eyes that screamed real concern. It was the calming southern tone of his voice that evoked true compassion. A former vice president of Belmont University in Music City, where I might add... Uh, they used to put up their three-pointers and still do quite a bit there uh, when you play basketball at Belmont. It's like a dream come true for anybody shooting behind the arc. Stay with me. He raised a lot of money. For over 20 years, he consulted with a variety of organizations, educational institutions, and nonprofits related to vision-driven strategic planning. The United States Department of Transportation, Tyson Foods, Nabholes, where else? Axiom, Kimberly Clark. The list goes on and on and on. With all this expertise and experience came the research and writing from his consulting work with over 100 organizational teams in multiple settings. He finally sat down and co-wrote the successful book, Practices of Extraordinary Teams, Team Leaders, and Teamwork. And the book title is called Real Dream Teams. I love that. Creating a Roadmap for Building Extraordinary Teams. So let's welcome in, in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, my dear friend, Bo Thomas. Hey, Bo. Hey, Steve. Uh, Wow. Thank you for that uh, tremendous introduction. Did Uh, I do my homework, Bo? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, that was that was very kind. I appreciate uh, appreciate that, and I do appreciate the long time uh, family history with you and Gwen and and the Navajos for sure. All right, let's talk about how you guys first met. Did they move in on your street? Yes, uh, we were. It's very interesting because this would have been uh, multiple years ago when we were <clears throat> very young couples, and we just uh, uh, we I just come to the University of Central Arkansas in Conway at the time, uh, just after uh, finishing my uh, doctorate at Ohio University, and so uh, we came to Conway, and this was uh, actually. Actually, a little community called Westgate, and it was the first 
little subdivision in Little Conway, Arkansas, which was about 15,000 people at the time. And so we moved into this uh, little neighborhood in the Neapolis, uh, Charleston, and Charlotte moved in shortly thereafter. And, and fortunately for us, uh, built a tennis court. And so we all learned how to play tennis together. Wow. And just, and had a great relationship for, and still do. They're still our best friends. As good of an athlete as you are, and 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 well, back in both of our day, we've talked about this. Uh, did I felt like you grew up playing the sport, but you grew up playing other sports. Uh, take me back to to your wonder years. Uh, what was it like being a little Bo Thomas? And then I think you went to the University of Tennessee for your undergrad. Yes, I went to Tennessee for undergrad, but grew up in a little town called Smithville, and I played football, basketball, and, and uh, a little tennis, uh, uh, but played a lot more tennis later, um, so uh, it was a... It was a naive little growing up time for me because it was a really sheltered little town, and uh, uh, so team sports were the were the big deal. And I think that's where the roots of my interest in teamwork and collaboration and being inspired to do things came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to Little Smithville and. Uh, the basketball teams and football teams that I played, and it always made total sense for me that uh, it wasn't about me. It was <laughs> it was about the team being successful, and so uh, assisting and collaboration and being determined to uh, always believing every time that we were going to win. That, those were the roots of uh, what became my passion in my career, honestly. It seems like in Real Dream Teams, which is the book you co-authored with Bob Fisher, uh, right. we'll get into that relationship in just a little bit. It, I was going to – well, you've answered the question. I was going to ask you how sports uh, were re- relative in your future development and your studies and how you approach life and work with people. But you just answered the question. Uh, I felt like you were in such a team environment, and you're also a leader of your teams. So you were running the show from the point guard to the quarterback or whatever, and it makes a lot of sense that uh, as you grew up and developed that you would become who you became and you could lead. I mean, there's just some. this book is so fascinating. I haven't spent the time. You, you finally sent it to me, and I feel guilty because I should have read this a long time ago, especially what's going on right now in my life. We talked the other day about what's going on in the world, and since then there's a lot that's even happened further. Um, we're, it's like a rerun over and over of painful things and with the pandemic and all this, and you used the word the other day, reset. That was... And and the word pivot, because you were talking about me and my life. I've I've had to pivot at times, uh, dealing with certain people, making uh, moral decisions based off of what's best for my career and my family. Not not in particular that order. But let's talk about in this time and what everybody's going through. Uh, the the word reset. What's that going to mean? What's it going to look like for a lot of us? And how are we aware of it? You know what I mean? And make ourselves aware of to pivot and to move forward rather than getting stuck or moving backwards right now? Yes, yes. Well, that, that's a, that's really an excellent thought pattern there, thinking about resetting, because almost everyone has had 
to do that. Every individual, uh, every organization, just everybody has to think about, well, okay, where do we go from here? And to me, it's not, see, it's not about getting back to normal because I think we're finding out normal's not too hot sometimes uh, when we really evaluate the things that have happened in the past few days that and I think they've really been we've had a we've had a virus related pandemic and then I think we've realized some other pandemics as well mm-hmm. you know about equality and uh, taking care of our neighbors those kinds of things so I think we're in we're in a reset environment where we don't want to get back to normal I think we want to get back to something better than normal mm-hmm. And uh, resetting really causes us to uh, reevaluate everything that we're doing. And for many of us, it would mean, okay, what's working, what's not working. If I'm going to make some changes, how do I need to do that? And I think uh, it's revealed that as we reset, that we, uh, we find out we're more vulnerable in many ways. Uh, right. that we can't keep do- doing what we've always done. And so we keep uh, thinking about being innovative and entrepreneurs and um, how to live our lives a little bit differently. But but uh, I think not getting back to normal, but thinking what could be even better. And when people go through that process of uh, becoming more aware of their strengths and opportunities and putting a focus on that. What are some new opportunities for me? And you've done that. I've watched your career with a great deal of uh, amazement at your own ability to reset several times. And, in fact, many of your people and many people in the music industry, particularly in Nashville, you know, they they were just stuck on albums and albums first. For so long a period of time, they wouldn't make single records for people, mm-hmm, and so right. and so there are so many other people that stepped into the mix and and took it away from Nashville in, in some respects. And I think you saw those those opportunities early and uh, decided you wanted to be more you <laughs> and not so much right. more Nashville. Right. There was a and, there was definitely a. Um a line of compromise that I continued to walk on. It's like walking on a tightrope. And, you know, it was difficult at times. And I want to get more into that. We're going to go into a quick break. You're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm with my man, Bo Thomas, uh, author of, co-author of Real Dream Teams with his buddy, Bob Fisher. Uh, don't forget to go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the incredible things. Just a short drive. I mean, it's right outside your door. Check it out. You'll find out a whole lot more there. And you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio because that's how we go. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Bo Thomas. Incredible. Doctor. PhD. I'm going to give him all sorts of D's at the end of the word D's. I don't know. But uh, he's an old friend. And has always made me feel so good. Go to visit Mississippi.org, please, to check out 
all the incredible cultural, historical things we have to do right here uh, in, in our great state. Um, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I picked up trash this morning out on the street. I'll do it every day because I'm just like my mother-in-law, Charlotte. And, Bo, you know a lot about Charlotte. She liked, she cleaned up the entire state of Arkansas, didn't she? <laughs> well, she, she really was. She, she was a really excellent uh, uh, steward of the environment, uh, particularly in Conway and then just in uh, the state of Arkansas yeah. because uh, she was pretty phenomenal and started the first recycling program in Conway and influenced a lot of other uh, towns and cities in uh, Arkansas to do the same thing. So she's really had a tremendous environmental impact in a very positive way. You know, I blame it on her OCD because I'm OCD. We're, We're exactly alike. We see something on the floor and I've got black concrete floors. That's just asking for trouble. You know what I mean? Like I see every speck of anything. <laughs> it just drives me mad. All right. We're talking to Bo Thomas. Bo, I want to use where you are now and I want to continue the conversation we had because so many of us, you, you know, I'm a mutt and I realize that and, and there's, there can, a mutt can do a lot of cool things in life. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, but there was a fear with resetting. I remember the feeling of sometimes you don't want to go there. You're scared of change, but sometimes change when you allow it to happen can be exhilarating. It can be, you know, it's like the first kiss again. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like you, you get an opportunity, but people that are so stuck in where they are, they're too afraid to get out of their shell. And also, to me, relationships that are unhealthy especially working relationships that you try and try and try to make work. So where you are currently, because I think it all has to do with who you are, talking about pivoting and a consultant for all of these team developing um, uh, programs within companies, sort of touch base on that with what you're currently doing. That making sense? Sure. Well, the, um, I think a lot of my uh, early life was, uh, I was a pretty lousy undergraduate student, and it finally <laughs> dawned on me late in my undergraduate work that uh, that I really wanted to work with people, and I just didn't quite know how to uh, focus that. So, uh, so I got into psychology uh, more, and I got a psychology degree, and then uh, and then really got very interested in how we work together. And uh, uh, I I was really struck at one point by the first rowing team that I ever saw. I happened to be in Washington, and I went down to the uh, Potomac Potomac River and saw the Georgetown rowing team. And I just thought, man, what a fascinating uh, sport that is. And then then thinking about teamwork, I was thinking, how crazy would it be if one person on the team decided they were going to row in a different direction than the other (laughs) I thought, how crazy would that be? And and to me, that just sort of is, is one of the best pictures of what you can accomplish when you're focused on a mission and everybody's aligned with that mission and they're all pulling together in right. the same direction. And so that was sort of been a foundational thought of mine for a long time. And then uh, uh, 
And then uh, Bob Fisher and I began to do team building, three-day team building workshops that we designed to try to help people who are already in a team be focused more on their core mission, uh, make, make sure they identified what their core mission was, and then to say, what do we need from each other in order for us all pull in the same direction and make sure that each one of us in our own role on the team right. is doing something that contributes to that. Um, and so we wrote about teamwork, and we had a chance to... Uh, and, and this book came out several years ago, so if I were writing this book today, I would I would interview some different people than we interviewed, but we interviewed some really neat people like a Medal of Honor winner and Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, and uh, uh, Steve Trent, who led the Thunderbird flying team mm-hmm. at that time, was the the top gun, if you will, of that of that group, and uh, a Medal of Honor winner. And so we talked to people from a lot of different professions and uh, about their thoughts about teamwork. And then every time we did a team building session, we always asked the question: "Tell us your best ever team experience." Wow! And, yeah. And, and, and people would think about that, and they think, well, was that a sports deal or a work team or a family team or a church or synagogue, whatever. And everybody could find their most positive team experience. And when they talked about it, they talked about it with a great deal of excitement and enthusiasm because it really worked. And so, but it. And I always thought it doesn't have to be rare that we know some things, we learn some things from all those interviews about the practices of effective teams. And then now I'm sort of parlaying that more into overall leadership uh, development because I think we've got to have a new kind of more committed leader today after this pandemic and the things that we've uncovered as a result of uh, uh, that, that I call man-made <laughs> pandemics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's going to require a new type of leadership based on uh, if we're going to get the best from everybody on our team and in our company and in our family and in our schools, We've got to be able to inspire people because people only do their best work if they're inspired. Wow. If they're not inspired, they'll do their work, but it won't be their best. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're talking to Bo Thomas makes a lot of sense. And the fact that you're you're using rowing. So I've got a, a, a nothing like a real rowing team because... First of all, there's a fluidity, a tempo, a rhythm that has to continue. And when one person gets barely off, it screws the whole thing up. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it really does. But we were doing a rowing racing challenge, more fun in this charity event, and it was Brett Saberhagen and I. And Brett and I were so far ahead of everybody. We were killing everybody. It was over. And we were just like, this is easy. We're on a roll. But then we got to the turn. And we didn't know how. 
<laughs> we were we were good at going straight, but when we started oh. to turn, he went one way, I went the other. All of a sudden, we're spinning out of control. We're all over the map. I mean, so we figured out the next year we did it. We figured out, and we were great around the turns. But it was interesting when one of you went the wrong way or did something, and I blame Brett, not me. So anyway, but when one of them, it was really <laughs> crazy about how awry, array, whatever it went. It went. We were all we we went from being golden to awful. You know, so I love the fact that you're using rowing because it is a beautiful sport to watch. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Well, it really is. And and, uh, uh, and 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 so we you sort of parlay that into whatever kind of group that you're working with, uh, whether it's, it's your team that you work with all the time and Gwen's a good partner for you, obviously. Right. And, uh, so it's, whether it's family, church, or work, or... Our, our sports, then it just it, it truly makes sense to do that, and you don't have time spend a lot of time arguing or conflict. So you, part of the deal is trying to figure out what the roadblocks are that keep you from your being focused. Wow! And so yeah, yeah you know, because if you disagree a lot or you argue a lot or you uh, play win lose where you win at the expense of the other. <laughs> Or our one team, internal team, wins at the expense of another internal team, then you're really wasting time uh, taking your focus off your primary mission. Yeah. And so your example that you just gave about rowing and getting things screwed up and how that disrupts everything is, is excellent. Yeah, well, imagine when you're, when you're watching a rowing team, there's more, more of them with just two of us, with one of us going you know, sideways a little bit. We're talking to Bo Thomas. Uh, Bo, we're the birthplace of American music. And you know that. You know it's been around you your whole life. But Mississippi, you know, we, we take pride in that. So you get to play DJ. Would you like to hear into the break? Let's see. I'm going to go Paul Young or Marty Stewart. Ah, how about Marty? You got it. Our pal Marty Stewart bringing his 20,000 pieces of country memorabilia, the largest in the world, of Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, incredible. I love that man so much. We'll hear that, but we're also going to talk about going to visit Mississippi.org, where you'll see Marty's museum and history in Philadelphia right there on the website. And we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with my man, Bo Thomas. I'm Steve Azar. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar here. Hope everybody is safe. Hang in there while we get back to uh, living, as I say, really living uh, in in a comfortable environment. Uh, Make sure you just kind of pay attention to... uh, the state mandates and what everybody, the health officials, what they're saying. And also, you know, give a, an elbow or a high five or a, whatever you can to all your health professionals who's working really hard during this time. Uh, we're Bo Thomas. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. 
He's a beautiful friend, a mentor of mine for sure, and our family. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the cool things you got to do right here. All right, Bo, we're going to start digging into this book. You've consulted many people. First of all, before co-writing a book versus co-writing a song is a big difference to me. So now I remember Roger Murrow telling me Waylon Jennings came in and he said, we're going to write the the autobiography of my life on an album. And they wrote the whole thing together. And which was an amazing adventure, and I would love to do that. That would be cool. But and I've written a lot of songs, but not for a particular project in general, just to write with 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 certain writers. So uh, James House or whoever I wrote, I wrote you know probably fifty songs with him. But to go in and with a purpose of writing a book, and and you guys were take me back to how your relationship started, especially once the work relationship started what was it like to get the call to be the vice president of belmont that was wild to me you know what i mean that he became the president you know uh how did y'all's late relationship start and when did the book happen it's very interesting because uh now this this goes really back so this is going to date me completely with all your listeners and <laughs> so <fine>. forth but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh most people have never heard of 1970, but if for those of you remember 1970, anyway, we we moved. Uh, we were fresh out of graduate school, and we came to Conley, Arkansas, and and at the University of Central Arkansas. And most people know UCA because Scotty Pippen came from there, right? And yeah. and played basketball there. But anyway, that's where Bob Fisher and I met. Uh, it was very interesting. He was in uh, he was a economics uh, major and a manage, management major, and I was a psychology and counseling sort of guy. And um, <clears throat> so our backgrounds were very different. But uh, we uh, went to a to a professional meeting, and we ended up in the same small group and sharing stories about uh, one thing that the other person doesn't know about you. And so Bob Fisher and I were in the same group, and it turned out that both of us indicated that we had wanted to work with each other but just hadn't gotten around to asking the question about Mm -hmm. how we could do some consulting together. So it, it very fortuitous, and so we started consulting together, and this would have been in the, wow, uh, in the mid-70s, and then we continued to do that through uh, the time that he became president of uh, Belmont in the year 2000. And so we co-consulted uh, with hundreds of different Groups and uh, uh, the last group that we consulted with was uh, the Department of Transportation, who were trying to, you know, you've got highways, railways, uh, waterways, airways, and uh, Secretary Slater wanted to get his team to think about transportation solutions as opposed to just highway solutions or just airway solutions or and they had never done that before. So we worked with them to try to get them to work together uh, in a multimodal way as opposed to just focusing on their own. Right. And that was 
very valuable uh, experience for us. And during that time, uh, uh, Bob became president of Belmont, and shortly afterwards, uh, his vice president for advancement uh, uh, left for presidency, and uh, he asked me to think about coming, and that was uh, resetting for me uh, because... Uh, even though I'd raised some money before, I'd never been in that full-time role. So it was a was a total reset for me, but it really gave me a chance to lead and do the things that I'd talked about and written about. And so Bob and I wrote Real Dream Teams in 1995, and then in 2000. And two, when we got together, then it was like, okay, guys, you say what teamwork is like, and you now show us you can actually do it. Right, you're going to run an entire university. <laughs> exactly. And so, and so we really had the chance to do that, and it's where I, I, I guess uh, I really nailed down the fact that if people get up and come to work every day inspired and excited about what they do, then if you've got a good vision and mission, you can accomplish extraordinary things. Right. Because we set big, big dreams and big goals, and within a few years, our enrollment doubled and tripled. Our finances increased quadruple. And we built a lot of new buildings, and and I think the secret, and we hosted a, a 2008 presidential uh, uh, debate. Right. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss hosted one of the hosted a debate prior to Belmont that particular year, uh, but it turned out to be wildly successful, and uh, and we just. Uh, I think confirmed for me, Steve, that if you've got a vision and a mission and you get collaborative people who are inspired by what you're doing, then extraordinary things do happen. happen. Right. Right. We're talking to Bo Thomas. Uh, The power of listening, first of all, I want to ask you about. And then how do you truly go from win-lose to win-win? Uh, you know, it, it, as far as what you've written about, has anything like that changed? That's a lot of questions. I apologize. No, no, no. no. But listening, uh, 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 being in the field of psychology and for several years teaching uh, in a master's degree program in counseling, uh, and so all the people in my graduate courses were going to be therapists and counselors in school systems and other places, and listening was the, was the most difficult uh, people skill to teach and to learn because people are usually thinking about what they're going to say next, and yeah. they're keeping the focus on themselves, and in listening, you just really have to put your total concentration on the other person, and and as we all know, there are so few people that really listen to us. But if you want a person to feel valued, 
then you ask them questions about themselves, and and then you are often saying, "Tell me more about that," because so few pe- people get heard. And of course, if you're trying to have a good relationship at home or a good relationship at work, then listening is probably the most valuable people skill that you can bring to the table. And that's how you move from, uh, if you're all about, if it's all about me, then I'm constantly thinking about how I can get ahead. What's, what's in it for me? But if we're going to have win-win, which is the key to collaboration and getting excellent results, then you've got to listen and pay attention to the other person and value them right. and value ideas. We're with Bo Thomas here in the Mississippi Minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the diverse things you can do right here in our incredible state. Uh, keep Mississippi beautiful studio. Folks, Steve Azar here letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rolling down a Mississippi highway. My man Bo Thomas is in Memphis, and that's fine because they claim to be in the Delta. I'm not sure about that. I do know that there was there was a line that was drawn wrong years ago because Memphis does, needs to be the capital of northwest Mississippi. I don't know how it ended up in Tennessee. It doesn't make any sense. Bo, have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Just, well, I, well, I, I have. But really, it's, it's, it's really odd. And, and, of course, in Memphis, uh, the crazy thing about it is that you have to, uh, I don't envy the people in the news business because they've got to cover Arkansas, Mississippi, and Tennessee, <laughs> and it's really, a, it's not an easy job. Right. Uh, I love, never thought about that. All right, Bo, so we're going to, so your book has been out, Real Dream Teams, since uh, you said 95, correct? Right. Are you going right. to do, is there a sequel to this book? Are you guys going to get back together or are you going to do on your own another book or do you feel like it's needed? Uh, m- you know, uh, what are you thinking? Well, they, if the, the, the book, the, the book, obviously the updating, uh, we'd be interviewing some different people, but the concepts haven't changed. The, the concepts haven't changed at all. But I am doing a, uh, doing writing right now on a book um, called, uh, the, at this point, uh, uh, The Greatest Leadership Opportunity Ever. 
is today, I think, after what our world has been through uh, with everything, uh, it, uh, so it's about leadership, and it's, and it's truly about that we've got to listen to each other better, and that if we're going to really uh, achieve extraordinary things and really make a difference in this world, we've, we've got to uh, listen well to everybody, and we've got to inspire people to want to give their best, uh, because people only volunteer their best. That's a very interesting concept. They don't. They don't. They, they don't give it if you try to make them do it. They'll come to work and do their job. But they got to really believe in what they're doing and be inspired. And so I'm going to write about the things that have to happen for us to be uh, leaders to lead in a more inspiring way that uh, gets the best from everybody. If some. Somebody wants to hire you as a consultant. How do they get in touch with you? Well, uh, I would, uh, probably the easiest way would be my email address. I'm comfortable giving that out. Do you want me to share that? Yes, I do. Are you kidding me? When then we'll see how many people. You know, you, know, you may get bombarded, but uh, why not? I mean, do you oh, want to? If you feel comfortable doing that, I, I'm comfortable with all my people listening. I love you guys out there. You know that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's. Uh, B O as somebody said the other day, is that B O W or B E A U or just B O it's just plain So it's B O Thomas P H O M A S at Gmail excuse me, Bo Thomas five five six six altogether. Bo Thomas five five six six at Gmail is in girl gmail dot com. Yep. Yeah. Bo Thomas. Five five six six at gmail dot com. Uh, are you what? What about like virtual wise with everything going on? I, I really feel like we're gonna get. I, I'm being hopeful as you talk about hopeful that we're gonna get to a place where we can get back together. Um, sure. And hopefully soon. Uh, I believe in our doctors. I believe in scientists around the world. How great they are, and they're all working toward one goal. Somebody's gonna get it, and uh, I believe yeah. that. And we're going to move on. But as as you get to that point, are you doing some virtual consulting? And has it been difficult for you? Well, it 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 it, it is more difficult. But I get it's almost like uh, <clears throat> uh, I used to do some personal counseling and work with people on an individual basis. Uh, and but I've also done individual counseling over the phone and uh, and it's more difficult but I, I, I think if you've got a common agenda and uh, it turns uh, into more like a coaching session uh, uh, with leaders or CEOs who maybe have some difficult situations they're facing and they want someone external to them to listen to them and offer some suggestions on the direction they may take. And that's a very uh, comfortable and uh, easy thing to do right now. I love it. Well, Bo, I can't thank you for spending an entire Mississippi Minute with me. You are uh, dear to my heart and our family, obviously. Uh, They love you and Ruby Lynn and the girls so much and uh, it's just been great catching up. And the name of the book, everybody, Real Dream Teams, check it out. Written by Bo Thomas and Bob Fisher. You've been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Make sure you pay attention to your surroundings. Keep things beautiful because they deserve to be. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Check out all the cool things you can do right here. If you're in Memphis and Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, 
you can just drive Texas. Even you Texas people can drive here and check out our cool history and culture. We've been with Bo Thomas. Bo, thank you so much. Steve, thank you. It's been a real pleasure, and I appreciate it very much. All right, pal. Blessings, Ruby Lynn. Sure will. And to Gwen. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Hey folks, Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar reminding us all, on, baby, oh, sure me, as we get back to living a little at a time, following all guidelines along the way, especially now, right now, guys. There's certainly many wonderful things to do right here in Mississippi. Just go to visit Mississippi.org to find out more. Sometimes even a Mississippi Minute ain't long enough to celebrate a career and life so well lived. Act two today, thus act two, with a good, good family friend, a doctor, an author, a consultant, a fantastic husband, father, and humanitarian. Today I'd like to spend more time trying, if I could stay focused, delving into his book, that he co-authored with his pal Bob Fisher. Real Dream Teams is the title. And just highlight some of the stories and the characters, the people he interviewed, the relationships that made the book what it is. Just to recap, he's a former vice president of Belmont University who worked hand-in-hand with the Nashville Songwriters Association back in the day to create at Belmont the first accredited songwriting major in the country. For over two decades, he consulted with a variety of organizations, educational institutions, nonprofits related to vision-driven strategic planning, leadership, and the creation of collaborative work practices designed to better accomplish shared goals, missions, and worthy future visions. That's a mouthful for me. (laughs) Some of his past consulting clients have been the United States Department of Transportation, Tyson Foods, Easter Seals of Arkansas, Newcore Steel, Axiom, Altel, the University of Arkansas Medical Sciences Center, my family at Nabholz Construction, and the list goes on and on. So let's welcome back to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, 
my pal, Dr. Bo Thomas. What's up, Bo? Hey, Steve. Really happy to be back with you and uh, just look forward to talking with you and uh, and your growing and big audience out there. <laughs> so much fun. So it's, it's so much fun. I appreciate you doing a, a part two. Uh, usually it takes... Uh, me like mailing a check or it's a, it's a lot more than twisting an arm. I can tell you that. So <laughs> I appreciate you doing this because we didn't, you know, we spent so much time talking about, you know, family and, and obviously our relationship goes way, way back. And my appreciation for you personally in my life and in our lives at the Azar family of uh, the morale booster always there for me, which we talked about yesterday, but we didn't have enough time to, to really dive into the book you know, it interests me how and why you chose who you chose. And I really want to talk about that because, I mean, like when I'm writing a song, sometimes I don't even think I'm writing a song. Sometimes I'm just sort of just letting out uh, some energy or some frustration or just getting rid of some sadness. And it turns into a song. And as I look back, uh, everything sort of had a purpose. You know what I mean? Like even if it's out in your subconscious, it still had a purpose. So... With you, how prepared and how organized, I guess, were you when you guys sat down to write this book? And then I want to talk about how you chose the people you interviewed and and wrote about. Sure. Well, this was sort of a a natural uh, progression from the work that we were doing at the time with uh, Tyson Foods, as a matter of fact. And they they were... at the point in their history when they were acquiring a lot of different uh, other uh, food companies. And similar to Tyson, they became very aggressive in, in acquiring and merging with uh, other other companies. And we were working a lot, asking people the questions. The first time we got a chance to work with two teams that one from the Tyson plant and one from the other the other plant uh, that had been acquired and trying to get them to think about they've got to be one team now. And so we always uh, yeah. asked them start of the process, what is, uh, tell us about your best ever team experience. Uh, and so we heard story after story, and we had done this in hundreds of team building uh uh, uh, seminars and workshops, we always ask that question, tell us about your best ever team experience. And so people always said, you got to have a clear mission and everybody's got to know their role on the team. And so we were driving back from one of these sessions uh, uh, one day and I said, hey, wouldn't it be neat to just write about what we've learned and, and to interview some really neat people from different Fields from the sports, from sports, from uh, mountain climbing uh, to uh, spiritual leaders to just uh, business leaders, and even uh, symphony orchestra. We just started thinking because all of all of everywhere people have to work together, and so and, and so and we started brainstorming. Then people would uh, interview in the in the Probably the first person that we that we thought of was uh, uh, John Wooden, and and it was, it was just true. And and in fact, uh, the next time we were there at Tyson, uh, we just picked up the phone and called him in Bel Air, and he answered the phone. <laughs> it was crazy. How did you, you get his number? Just curious. Well, 
we I, this this was one time that we we had to go through other people for most of the other interviews, people who knew the yeah. person we wanted to interview. But in this case, we just <laughs> it was really crazy because we just. Uh, 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 looked up his phone number in, in the white pages in Bel Air, and there and there he was. And we Come thought, on, well, that's how you guys did that. I just love it. I love it. I thought Tyson, you may have, that, that maybe he had a contact somehow or knew our new coach Wooden. You know, you bring up an interesting point here. Okay, so you talk about you going in, and and I have friends that are at Tyson right now that have been working there since we all graduated college. So and they're pretty high up, and they've had to deal with all of this consolidation and buying of other companies, really, right? Right. So when that happens right. and you go in, and you're going into all of these different, well, what used to be their own brand and companies, uh, and they with, with these buyouts and stuff and consolidation comes jobs that sort of aren't needed anymore, right? So that, that gets sort of trim down as well so when you're dealing with that and you're getting these stories and stuff was there any resistance could you feel anything that that was sort of a little bit negative feeling or concerned in in the people that 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 felt like maybe their jobs were at stake making sense well it, it, interestingly enough in most cases because they were food processing plants uh, uh, many times, and that's been certainly very controversial with uh, COVID nineteen, and understandably so. But but anyway, it it was like the Tyson brand was joining with another brand, and they actually needed most of their all of their workers to continue doing their jobs. And I'm, uh, there were some perhaps top level people in the other company that may not have made it, but the key folks was on because these guys <clears throat> would come with their Tyson t-shirts on and the other guys would come with the brand that was being acquired and right. but we and that's when we found that the story asking them to share their experience of their best ever team experience because sometimes that would be a sports team other people would talk about a church team other people would talk about uh, a business team that they've been on and they all found just immediately that they all had something in common, that they they knew what working together looked like because they'd done it on another team somewhere. And that was what we would get them to try to emulate then in the next two days of workshops and having them work with each other. Remember your your dream team experience, and this is what we're trying to build here. Was, at, was uh, it difficult, I, looking back, uh, what, more difficult than maybe you anticipated, or was did it go pretty smoothly? Well, it, it actually was was smoother on the surface than than uh than we than we thought we thought it would be perhaps a little bit more difficult uh than it was but we spent three days with teams like that of about uh, 20 or 25 people, half from Tyson and half from the other organization. And they were—they knew they were about building a new brand. And um, uh, certainly when you had a brand for a while or had a team for a while, it's difficult to think differently. But we tried to design these so that they had multiple opportunities to get to know each other better, get to know, and they stayed at the same place. They 
they just did over dinner and lunch and breakfast. And so after three days, they we sort of humanized the they humanized each other in a sense, and right. they had a feast for the other people, and that just made things go a lot smoother. You know, once you get to know people better. Right. Well, yeah, relationships that. make as relationships right. really turn into relationships of value. Right. Boy, it makes life a whole lot easier with Dr. Bo Thomas. And I promise you, we're going to start talking about some of these interviews. But now you brought up another question. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. Short road trip away. All this art and culture is right here. Check it out right here. Uh, and we're going to be right back. I'm Steve Azar. You're in Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rocking down a Mississippi highway via Memphis, Tennessee is where my guest today, Dr. Bo Thomas, is in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Since Memphis claims to be the, uh, basically, the where the Peabody claims to be the doorstep of the Delta, as they say, or something like that, uh, I guess, Bo, you're in the Delta. So that's all right. So, hey, hey, Bo, um, don't forget, everybody, uh, before I forget, because I never forget, really. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Uh, you're looking for something to do this weekend? It's right there. Blues trails, country markers, trail trail markers, even my country trail marker in Greenville. Uh, I'd love to see you take a picture by it and send it in. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Bo, you you uh, I want to talk yeah. real quick and get it over with because it's something that's hot right now. We're talking Facebook and we're talking Instagram and 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 the hate speech and all and and all these companies saying they're taking a, a vacation for a second. From all this and from their advertising, we're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars, right? So, right at the end of the day. So, when does when does moral and ethical ethics, I guess, start to play such a role in companies? Um, and and does it take a, a a horrible incident in America like George Floyd, the tragedy, and all that, to make people come to grips in terms with okay, we got to start thinking about just being right and doing right and if we're gonna have our name associated with anything we can't be advertising when something maybe so harsh and horrible and negative is sitting right next to their brand you know what i mean yes yes well i, I think that's what's emerging and i think it's really yeah, i really think it's a, a really quite a, a honorable and beautiful thing to do because i i think you sometimes can go for years not realizing how much um, uh, people are hurting or how much uh, maybe there's been uh, abuse or inequities. And and I think the amazing protests that have occurred all across the country and, 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 and clearly conversations between people that have never happened before. And I think so many people have a good heart. I really believe they do. And, and and when they start really thinking deeply about the pain that has been caused and that hate is, is not a good way to live and uh, uh, love love has to dominate. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think as we talk to all of these team leaders and I think as we're talking to people today, people are really saying... Let's do the right thing, and um, and I think that hits a sweet spot in every person eventually. And I think what's happened here is that we they we've got way too much hate. We've got to uh, get over our 
differences and what we have in common is so much better and stronger and love is so much stronger than hate and so I think people are getting in touch with their their moral compass their ethical compass and really standing up I appreciated a great uh, video the other day that uh, Coach K at Duke made uh, about doing the right thing and Mm -hmm. so uh, I think people are finding courage and people are speaking up and Uh, I think that's the kind of thing that brings us together. I'm taking a look right now and what's popping off the page is this bold vision that you discuss. So share a little bit about that and and why why is it bold? Well, the number one characteristic of teams that just from our research and talking with team leaders and talking with hundreds of people about their uh, best team experience then. Having a clear sense of direction was the most powerful uh, uh, characteristic of any good team. And um, uh, there are two forces that any company or any organization or any family or any person can can, uh, make a part of their lives. And one of them is a future vision. Where do we want to be in two years from now or four years from now? And that's a... That's better than where we are right now, and and St. Jude uh, probably typifies that better than any uh, organization in the in the country. I think I don't know anybody that doesn't love what St. Jude does. It's just it's the impossible dream. It and really is. It really. From the time uh, Danny Thomas had. Uh, uh, <clears throat> prayed to uh, St. Jude, and uh, uh, right. St. Jude was founded to where we are now. Uh, the cure rate for uh, childhood cancer grew from 20% to over 80%, mm. and that was in this country. And and that's wonderful, and that's the, that cure rate's going to get even higher as we go on. It's just amazing. But the yeah. new leadership at St. Jude now has envisioned something that I just think is amazing and bold because they said, you know, Danny Thomas said uh, we can need to find a cure for all children, not just American children right. or U.S. of A. children, but the whole world. And so... They doubled down on Danny Thomas's commitment for a cure for all children and envisioned in five years now uh, really making progress with the cure rate for childhood cancer in, in underserved and underprivileged countries, uh, basically third world countries, mm-hmm. and have set up uh, hospitals and working with the hospital staff people who are in those countries uh, and sharing their protocols, you know, that used to be unheard of. You know, that's that's an intellectual capital that you usually guarded, but St. Jude is sharing everything they've learned about childhood cancer with the rest of the world, and uh, it, to me, it is just amazing, and they've got um, locations in several different places in the world, and it's just a, it's a global effort, and it is just 
brother for serving on that board, and, uh, and it's just a powerful vision, and that's what vision does. It, it draws you like, if it's powerful, it draws you like a magnet to it, and so, and so many people across uh, the world give to St. Jude, and that's why people give, because they know Right. They, it's working, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, just you wouldn't even need social media, newspapers or any kind of media at all. Just word of mouth after all that they've done for people. Uh, the grapevine would be, you know, would be enough because uh, it's just the I mean, the stories are just amazing. And then you go into the hospital uh, and I know you've been there multiple times, but yes. you go into this place that you should be you should feel like. Uh, you'd be it'd be full of sadness, but you walk in there. It's nothing but a ray of hope. No matter how sick a child is, no matter whatever. I mean, it's it's really interesting the feeling that you get. Um, it's well, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's well, it's, it, well, it's it, it's inspirational, and I think that's exactly. where, uh, and I think uh, families and uh, teams of people and organizational teams, church teams, uh, all sorts of teams. If you have an inspirational vision for what we can do together, then it, it inspires people to do their best work. Right. And I've often thought that people don't give their best effort unless they're inspired. And so, uh, and if, if you can't get inspired by the St. Jude vision of helping the curate for kids across the world uh, to match what's happening in this country right. and well you're not you're not breathing <laughs> that's for right, sure right. hey we're with dr bo thomas uh you're in the keep mississippi beautiful studio go to visit mississippi.org check out all the cool things we'll let you go across the tennis mississippi line into tennessee and just down highway 61 and and uh make your way and and check out uh all that memphis has to offer especially that god-given saint jude that just sits there uh and shines at all times what they do. Uh, Dr. Thomas, you get to play DJ again for the second time. You're a winner. <laughs> would you like to hear, <laughs> us being the birthplace of American music, would you like to hear Howlin' Wolf or Ike Turner into the break? Ooh, well, you, you know, you, you know so much more about the people that you're selling. Uh, uh, Tell me the so tell how, me Howlin, Howlin Wolf or Ike Turner. How about Ike Turner? You got it. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, like I said, with Dr. Bo Thomas. I'm Steve Azar. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app 
to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank. Member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I promised I'd get into this book, Real Dream Teams, and I'm doing it right now. We're digging in. It's just so hard to have a, a conversation that's planned out with Dr. Bo Thomas in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful <laughs> studio. Go to visitmississippi.org, check out all the cool, cool, cool things you can do this weekend. They're right there, right there, trust me. Uh, so many amazing things. you got to check out our Blues Trail. It's so cool. Um, and you can make it all the way to Liverpool and back. Um, and our Country Music Trail. Uh, just just amazing. Okay, Bo, Dr. Thomas, yeah. let's talk about, you know, my family. My dad went to Notre Dame. My brother, Freddie, who's on the board, who's at Campbell's Clinic, the chief, chief daddy over there. He went to Notre Dame. Uh, my, my nephews went there. My cousins, my brother-in-law... All went there. In fact, in fact, my nephew is the head manager right now. Um, he is him. He's all, always next to Brian Kelly, and uh, as he does his last year this year there. So we are Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, born and raised. You talked. Lou Holtz obviously was a um, a major figure. It's the last national championship that was won there with him. We watched him win basically everywhere he he went. So yes. tell me, I feel like he was a no brainer. He's a very um, charismatic uh polarized yeah. character you know <laughs> so well, it's, yeah so, yeah go ahead no just go ahead so getting to him and 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 what was it like well it was uh it was very interesting uh fred gordy in conway arkansas mm-hmm. was the was a key contact there uh, uh, he had some history with Lou Holtz, and he was the one who helped us set up. He was uh, Dr. Fred Gordy, and, and so these our medical doctors have some contacts sometimes and uh, acquaintances that we, we didn't have. And so he was the one who helped set that interview up. And so uh, Bob and I, uh, first time I'd ever been on the campus, uh, uh at Notre Dame, and so we had two great interviews there, one with him and one with the president, uh, who we just stopped in on, uh, who had just retired, and we had a good visit with him, but uh, but uh, Lou Holtz was very uh, interesting, because we when we went in to see him, he was, he's, he's not a big guy at all, but he had a big desk, and one of the things <laughs> that... that it was like when we went, it was almost like the only thing that we could see was his eyes over the top, <laughs> top of the desk because he has he had just taken uh, the red eye from California and gotten there this morning, so he hadn't slept any, and he has uh, 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 he has low blood sugar, and he just gets fatigued. He just got fatigued, and so... He was just had little energy at the start. So of you the guys interview. showed up when he had when he took a red eye. <laughs> wow! Right, right. <laughs> and so, but he he quickly got energized, and 
he was uh, just delightful to uh, to talk with because uh, and, and talk about a championship season and, and what it took to to be there and uh, and of course uh, football is probably easy in terms of vision because that's everybody's uh, desire when you that is to win a national championship and so that obviously was a, an amazing uh, feat and so we had a chance to go to practices and watch them practice and and one of the things that impressed us about the sense of mission was as um, uh, they were <clears throat> practicing that day they had so many seconds on the clock and had a call play uh, it was third down and they weren't going to try to score because they only needed to score three, only needed a field goal to win. That was the scenario. Right. And so this guy... This Situational guy, deal. Yeah, guy, like and he, so he goes down uh, there on the 30-yard line, but this is a down and out pass and so he's to catch it, step out of bounds, save the remaining uh, clock or perhaps an easy field goal. But mm-hmm. this guy goes and catches it, and it looks like one of the defenders slipped down near him. So he thought, I'll just score. And so he started running for goal line, but somebody else came up and tackled him on the five-yard line. Uh-huh. And Holtz comes running down the field <laughs> and says, grab this guy. And just, he said, you just cost us a national championship. <laughs> and how, does it feel, how does it feel to let your your teammates down, your coaches down, and your fans down. And, and so this guy felt awful. And those are the kinds of things that, that if you, when you're focused on a mission, then you discipline around the mission, you work around the mission, and you say, what have we got to do every day to, in practice to, uh, to, to make sure at the right moment we're going to do the, do the right thing? What did you learn, and what was different? about him what impressed me the most about him was his uh intensity and his his uh, philosophy uh because a, a lot uh being a winner because you've got to work with a lot of different people and a team and he, and i was i think what impressed me most was how he built trust between the 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 members of the team, and he said, "You got to uh, the trust. The, the the guard has to trust the center next right, to They're all going to do their jobs, right? Right. They're going to be and, where they're know, supposed to be, right? And, and just said, uh, "I, I got to be able to count on you and know that you're going to make your block every time, and we got to trust each other that we're each one of us is going to do our job. We've each got a role to play, and we can't win unless all of us." learn that trust issue and so he really worked hard on that which I think is critical in any team family relationship is uh, knowing that you can count on the person uh, next to you whoever that is can I tell you about a conversation yes. with and, and which I thought said a lot uh, a lot of people will remember Lou Alcindor because he was probably the, the greatest big man uh, uh, to play college ball at that time and uh, wouldn't very wisely 
uh, well, he told us about a conversation that I just thought was brilliant. When he, when Lou Alcindor first came to UCLA, they had this conversation out on the middle of the floor at Pauley Pavilion at UCLA. And the conversation uh, went like this, how uh, he wanted to know what Lou thought about the strategies that they would use. He said, we can make you the all-time leading scorer in college basketball if we choose to go that route because you're you're that good. But uh, uh, we can also uh, take advantage of the skill sets of the other people on the yeah. team and the talents of your teammates uh, and play more of a team-oriented game. You won't be the all-time leading scorer in college basketball, but I think we can win championships. And he said, let's talk about that. And he said, at this point, Lou Elsinger interrupted him and said, Coach, I want to win. I want to win championships. There's no doubt about that. And, and I've always thought what a powerful conversation that was. And that's what teams have to do, uh, whatever you're doing, what's What's our championship? Right. Uh, what's going to be our championship? And uh, um, so I was just very impressed with that. Uh, what, yeah. That was one of the most powerful stories, I think. Well, he sort of put him on the spot, and he laid it all out there. And then, you know, great athletes do want to win championships. They do. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that was basically – uh, and that's so smart to kind of put it out there, you know. And instead of just well, saying this is my way or the highway, he let exactly. him let him give him the answer, and then that way it's his. It feels like he's part of that decision, which makes all the sense well, in the world. And Steve, I think you've hit a very key point about good teamwork or family work or anything is that people like to be involved in uh, the decisions that really affect them and. They're much more likely to participate and, and carry out the decision if they feel they were part of it. So I think you've got a very key point there. Well, age-old wisdom, Coach Wooden versus Coach Holtz. Holtz was still in the middle of the grind. Uh, pro- had, he hadn't won his national championship yet. Or, or he had just won his national championship, right? But he was yeah. tired, and he was tired. So we're going to give him that. But, but I get it. But, you know uh, – John Wooden had done it, done it, done it 10 times, and or how many times? 11, 10 or 11? How many national championships? 10, 10 out of yeah, 12. So 10 out of 12. So I think that maybe, you know, it's like any great, he's probably looking at his mortality and looking at what he had accomplished and probably sees being a, a dad and a husband and everything equally as important uh, as those championships when you get to that point. We're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm with Dr. Bo Thomas. Real Dream Teams is the book. Go to visitmississippi.org. Come on, so many cool things to do right there. I promise you, it won't let you down. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. I'm Steve Azar. In my mind. In my mind. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
on the door says down home cooking. Yeah, I'm hungry. Oh, how Mississippi Minute flies with my man, Dr. Bo Thomas, co-author of Real Dream Teams. We're digging now into the book. Go to visitmississippi.org. Folks, please check out what you can do right now this weekend. Long weekend. Get to it. You don't have to be you till Monday. I said it. I can say it. I licensed that. Anyway, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Dr. Thomas, let's t- jump into the Thunderbirds because that seems like talking about teamwork and, and flying at high velocities and speeds and all this stuff, it always blows my mind to watch them do their thing so beautifully. Uh, it's like synchronized swimming, but in the sky a zillion miles an hour. <laughs> so you interview Colonel Steve Trent, who was yes. the lead pilot. What was that like? Well, it, it's just, uh, I mean, these guys are so disciplined, and uh, and uh, I think the key thing about talking with uh, uh, Trent was uh, sort of as the lead, he was the top, the top gun right. pilot for sure, and uh, uh, but the mental preparation for uh, doing those flights, uh, they don't do anything on the on the day before the flight except mentally get prepared. And I thought that uh, it was almost like saying mental preparation is as important as the actual practice that we we do day in and day out. But we've got to practice do our mental work too because we've got to be thinking straight and thinking clearly and focused on what our mission is and because they do these maneuvers you know those uh, often their wingtips are like 18 inches apart and so it's phenomenal how to, it is they, it's phenomenal how they do yes and and the thing that impressed this is a good question because this mission and vision uh, give the direction to teams but then uh, the second most important characteristic of good teams is everybody knows the role that they play on the team, and this is so important because he's got me- he's got mechanics and he's got uh, marketing people and he's got uh, tons of their acts. We said, mm-hmm. you know, we said, okay, so there's six. Uh, Thunderbirds, you and five other pilots, and he said, "No, no, 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 no. There are 141 Thunderbirds." And what he was saying, uh, these guys that do our maintenance, we go out and sign autographs after our flights for people, and I don't let them call themselves the mechanic. They are a Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're more important than anything. They. If the if the plane's right. not yeah. if the plane's not firing on all cylinders, <laughs> I mean yeah. you're not getting well, anything done. <laughs> so. Well, exactly, and, and it's so powerful that the pilot's name is <clears throat> on the right side. <clears throat> excuse me, the, the pilot's name is written on the right side of the cockpit, and the chief maintenance uh, person's name is written on wow. the left side. Wow. Cockpit. That is the ultimate and, teamwork. Right. And wow. so I, the, wow. the story for them was really about the power of teamwork. It wasn't just the pilots. It was really everybody that made, uh, supported them and helped the mission occur smoothly. Uh, and so that was a real takeaway from the conversation with uh, Colonel 
print, and uh, the Thunderbirds is that they're not six Thunderbirds, but 141. Well, I, I, this is fantastic. Everybody, go out, check out Real Dream Teams. You know how to get books. You can get them anywhere these days, and you can, uh, you know, Amazon, wherever it, wherever you get your books, there it is. Uh, Dr. Bo Thomas, I cannot thank you for spending a Mississippi minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Folks, go to visitmississippi.org. So much to do right here. So much you'll appreciate, and it won't let you down. Dr. Thomas, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time. Hugs to Ruby Lynn, and I love you, brother. Well, I love you, too, and thanks for writing Waiting on Joe. <laughs> oh, I need thank, I'm thanking the good Lord above, no matter what. Otherwise, I'd have been, Mississippi would have had to let me back in sooner. <laughs> it wouldn't have been 20 years later. So it's a blessing. All, all, always a great experience, but you never forget about the ones that got you there. We'll take you, take you good care, and we'll talk to you soon, and blessings. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Hey folks, Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.